Welcome to the self-love revolution. I'm Ashley, a mental health therapist and self-love coach, and I'm here to simplify self-love and share how it's possible for any woman. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have Katie here with us today. Um, Welcome to the self-love revolution podcast. Thank you so much. I am like, so excited about this because I love all things self-love. So thank you for doing this podcast. I think it's awesome. And thank you for thinking of me. Of course. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and like what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Katie Blummer. I live in a suburb of Salt Lake City, Utah. I live with my husband and my two boys. They are 13 and 10 years old. And I have a regular corporate job with American Express, a company that I absolutely love. I've been there for 20 years, which feels crazy to me that I'm old enough to have a job for 20 years. And I also am a working mom coach, which is like my passion and what I love. And so I have my own business doing that. It's called Women's Best Life University. And I have a program that I love called the Working Mom Happiness Method. And I also have a podcast as well called the Working Mom Happiness Method. So that's a little bit about me. Do you want me to go any further into it? Or is that kind of what you were wanting? Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like so much good stuff. I know I love all of your stuff on, you know, self-love, body image, So what kind of advice do you give to people who are like struggling with that, with self-worth, you know, body image? What do you tell them? Yeah. So obviously that could be like five hours of me talking because I love, I'm so passionate about this topic and it really is, it's hard work to do. Body image, self-image, self-love work is really, really difficult. But I went on my own journey where, I mean, my whole life I've struggled with my body image. Like my body image memories go back to honestly in kindergarten when I had a friend whose brother told me I had a big butt. That was kind of where it began for me. And when I started being conscious of my body and what it looked like and comparing it to others and all those things that girls and women, men also, but I think society is harder on girls and women when it comes to that stuff. But all those things that girls and women are kind of pressured to look a certain way. I can remember as far back as it starting in kindergarten and going school shopping when I would want to tie things around my waist to cover my butt, like in a kindergarten age and really kind of just went from there and got worse over time. And it kind of came to a head after I had my first son, because I gained quite a bit of weight with my pregnancy. And for any of you who are listening, who have been pregnant and had a baby, you know that dealing with the pressure of trying to get that body back or getting that pre-baby body back, right? There's a lot of pressure on women from society to do that. And I really got to a low with my body image around six, seven months after I had him. And I ended up getting a therapist. And it was just the best thing I had ever done. I had never had therapy before that, but I knew something was off with me. I knew, I don't know if it was postpartum depression, maybe mixed in their hormones. If it was, it wasn't like severe, but I just knew something was, I was in that kind of like depression mode, really hard on myself. And I randomly chose a therapist who was like, was on my insurance. So I didn't like seek her out or anything like that, but she just ended up being the perfect match for me because she helped me identify right off the bat that the top layer of my onion of like getting to my best life was my body image and the way I felt about my body. So I spent a couple years working on that with her. It it took me a long time because it was so deep seated. And so from there, I've been on, that was 12 years ago, I've been on this journey of really learning how to de-link my value and my worth 
from the way that my body looks. And, and that's really hard for us to do as women because society really conditions us that our value and our worth is linked to how our body looks. And it couldn't be further from the truth. That's actually not true. The people in your life who love you and care about you, they don't care what your body looks like. They care if you're healthy, but turns out health and the way our body looks aren't as linked as society would have us believe. And I learned all that along my journey. And so the advice that I give to, to people who are just starting that journey, it's really about, it, it starts, but, well, first thing I say is I have so much compassion for you. I hold so much for space and compassion for anybody who's really struggling with body image or beating themselves up about the way that their body looks, because that's not your fault. That's society's fault. That is 100% our society's fault that you feel that way. It really is. It's and it's just something we all have to work to change. And the reason you feel that way about your body, unfortunately, is money. It's because there's a huge industry, diet and beauty industry out there that make money off of you not liking your body. And the reason I bring that up and the reason it's so important for me to teach people that is understanding that it's like rich men, mostly who profit off of you not liking your body. I don't know, for me, it really put a fire under me. Like, okay, I really want to work on this because that's not right and that's not okay. The reality is if you lived before like the 1960s, before cellulite cream was ever even invented or a thing, you wouldn't even have the language to understand how to hate your body. Like a whole language has been created based off of money-making industry. And that's why, you know, you go back to like, earlier times, like the 1800s or the early 1900s, when women with larger bodies were sought after because it meant they had food to eat and they were healthy and they could have babies, right? Like that, that was kind of when you go back before diet industry and like everybody wanted to look a certain way and look thin or look like a fitness model, that was all invented. That was all created because of money. And so I like to understand that to really get myself kind of fired up to help to want to change it. But Wanting to change it and actually changing it are really two different things because it's hard work to recondition our subconscious mind that has been programmed to believe that our body has to look a certain way, right, in order to have value and in order to have worth in society. And the very first step, it's just awareness. It's just starting to notice when you say bad things about your body or yourself, because this can go on beyond body image too. It could go into self-image as well. So if you just start to pay close attention and just notice when you say something negative about yourself, and that's literally the first step. And I'll have women who I work with and who I coach work on that for a few weeks, like just paying attention. Some, some women, like they like to write, jot it down. Oh, I just said that about myself. Oh, I noticed it. And what will happen is you'll start to get good at noticing it. It's a skill. You'll start to build it over time. And once you start to get pretty decent at noticing it, like you catch yourself you don't do it mindlessly anymore. You start to catch yourself. Like if you're, you know, we've all had that moment where we walk by like a store window and we catch a side profile of ourself and you're kind of caught off guard and, and you say something negative about yourself in your mind. Catching that moment is a game changer because you go from having it be unconscious and not noticing it to conscious and bringing it to the forefront. Then once you get really good at that, the next step is to reverse it with something positive. And let me give you an example of this. So if you passed a mirror or a store window or something and you said, I'm so fat, I am so fat, I'm disgusting, right? And we say these horrible words to ourselves, right? We do. 
it doesn't mean the reverse has to be like, oh, I'm thin and I'm beautiful, right? It doesn't, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be so extreme that maybe you don't even like believe that about yourself, right? All it is, is, wow, I just said that thing. I just said that thing. Let's take a step back. And I want to reframe it into something positive. And so the positive thing could be, I'm a good friend. I'm good at my job. I'm a good cook. I'm a good mother. It could literally be anything about yourself that you actually believe, right? Anything that you actually believe, you can reframe it into that. And what that does, as silly as that might sound, it's not silly because it starts to retrain and reprogram your subconscious mind to have a positive association with looking in that mirror. Okay. Even though you kind of tricked it, you kind of tricked it to get there. You do that over and over again, and I swear it starts to work. And when you know you're getting really good at noticing is when you start to notice other people saying bad things about their bodies. And it happens all the time in our society, at work, at friend gatherings, in family gatherings, people are trash talking their bodies constantly. So that was a lot. Actually, that was like a lot. But that's kind of like where I usually start with people, if that makes sense. That's so good. And you talked about like that link between society and your body image. Is this how you kind of broke it with the awareness and reframing it? Yeah. And it takes work over time. So my therapist did teach me about that, that awareness and getting good at that. But she added something else on for me, which was kind of like really uncomfortable and terrifying. And what that was, she gave me an assignment to stand in front of the mirror naked for one minute every day. And I can tell you one minute feels like about five hours when you're really uncomfortable looking at your naked body. So I did it. I followed through with the assignment, even though it was super uncomfortable for me. I did it. And I did it for like six months. And it did change my life. It really did. I did eventually start to get a positive association with my body. But as I've over the years coached other women, what I've realized is that some people aren't in a good spot, like a mental health spot where that is healthy for them. Like some people that can spiral you too far into like trauma almost, depending on kind of where you are with your body image. And we don't want to push it that hard where it does that. So if that sounds just like so insane that you couldn't even start to do that, what I've started to do with the ladies that I coach is, okay, let's start with 10 seconds and have your clothes on. Or let's start with 10 seconds in your underwear or your swimsuit. Let's start at a level that you can actually handle that doesn't spiral you into negativity for the whole day. And when you stand in front of that mirror, you say what she had me say was, I love my body. I love my body. I love my body. Like literally like a mantra over and over again, looking at my body naked in the mirror. And you can do that. You can. And, and it might feel like a lie and that's okay. But the truth is you don't actually have to love the way your body looks. What we're working on is loving your body for what it does for you. I love you body for your ability to move me through life, to take me through this journey of life. I love you for that. You don't, when you say I love my body, you don't have to be thinking, I love the way my body looks. This is about learning how to love, respect, appreciate your body for what it does for you. So, so that is, that's where I started. And that's, I continue to use those tools because I still have moments when this is so ingrained in us from growing up. I think for the rest of my life, I will probably still have moments where I see a photograph where it was an angle that I don't love or, you know, something like that, where I'll go back to that spot and I'll catch myself saying something mean. And then I use this tool. I don't say mean things as nearly as often. It's very rare, but it does come up for me occasionally. But it's a it's a process over time. So you talked about like society, which it does. It has this huge impact on body image and self-esteem. Have you found any ways to fight back 
I guess. Yeah, actually, what I say in my podcast is I want to change the world. <laughs> I mean, so one of the ways that I'm trying to fight back is by launching a podcast and talking about this. But we have this, I also have a body positive group, like a Facebook group that we meet every other week. And we talk about this a lot. We talk about what is our part? What can we do in our part to help change this? And there are a couple of things that you literally, each one of you listening can do this to help to what I think is fight back. Number one, we can stop speaking negatively about our own bodies, right? We can do this work to try to reverse what society has ingrained in most, almost all of us, right? We can do this work and that's huge. That is fighting back in itself. But number two, we can teach our daughters this work. I don't even have daughters. I teach my sons this work and we should be teaching our sons as well. It's clear to me with sons, it's not as hard on them, but they do struggle with body image. It's there for men as well, men and boys. But we can teach our children this work we can make it a point to not say anything negative about our own bodies in front of our children. That's huge because kids hear this stuff. And anytime you say something negative about your body out loud, anyone who's around you to hear it, hears it about their own body. Okay. That's how that works. So when you are speaking negatively out loud about your body, it could be, you know, all the common things. Oh, I have so much cellulite. Oh, my thighs are so big. Oh, if I could lose this weight around my butt. Oh, if my arms were smaller or more muscular. Anytime you say something like that out loud, anyone who can hear it, it impacts negatively their own body image because human brains take it in and they make a comparison. So we can stop right now. And by the way, if you've been doing this and your kids have heard it, don't worry. You're not a bad person. Like I'm not, there's no judgment. I used to do this too. Like we all have done it. This is about knowing better, doing better going forward, right? So no beating yourself up. Like if you've done it, it's not the end of the world, but let's change that and reverse it. So the other thing that we can do to fight back in society is never, this is a little extreme. Some people are going to be like, what? Never comment on somebody else's body, even if you think it's a compliment. So if you have a friend who has lost a bunch of weight, never celebrate the weight loss. Don't say, oh, you look amazing. How much weight have you lost? I know that sounds a little bit shocking to a lot of people because you're thinking, oh, well, that's so nice. That's great. But the reality is 95% of people gain their weight back. 95%. So many scientific studies have proven this. Over five years, 95% will gain their weight back. So whoever you're complimenting on their weight loss or how their body looks, the chances are that they will gain back the weight that they've lost. And then they're going to stop getting all the compliments. And that's why their value and worth and society teaches us our value and worth is tied to the way our bodies look. Because when our bodies get closer to society's definition of perfect, we get a lot of positive reinforcement, right? We, we hear that we're amazing. We look so good. And then when we're not that way, we don't hear those things. And what's interesting is the people in our life who love us, they don't love us any differently when we lose weight or when we gain weight. They, they don't. It's just we don't verbally hear it when we're at the heavier weight. We verbally hear it when we lose the weight, right? And so we have to stop commenting on anyone's body, no matter what the comment is. And that's a mindset shift. That is, that's a really big mindset shift for people. So those are just some ways we can sort of fight back. Yeah. I actually used to work at an eating disorder clinic and I heard those things every day, you know, like either hearing it from parents or other people making comments about them. Like it, it tears people down. It really, really does. And it makes people uncomfortable. I mean, it, some people, 
not everybody, but it can make people uncomfortable, even if you think it's a compliment, but what it does for their value and their worth and where they link it, it's you could be enabling an eating disorder. You could be complimenting somebody because they have cancer and you don't know that, right? You never know why a person lost weight. Sometimes you do. If it's like a friend and you know they've been trying to lose weight, still don't say it. So then what people ask is, well, what do I say then? So if a friend comes up to you and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. I've lost 30 pounds. What my go-to is, wow, something usually like, sounds like you've been working really hard. I'm excited for you, but I love you no matter what you weigh. That's literally what I'll say. It's not that I'll like be a downer to their positivity. I'll be like, oh, wow, sounds like you've been working really hard. Just know that I love you no matter what you weigh. That's literally what I will go with. And these are just like little ways we can kind of fight back against this. Yeah. And focusing on the feeling, you know, like it's not even about the weight. It's about how you feel. And so I think focusing on that is really important. Exactly. And I'm all about celebrating people working on healthy habits. I'm all about that. So sometimes I'll reframe it and be like, oh, wow, have you been working on new healthy habits? And then we'll take the conversation sort of down that path, right? Because I'm all about celebrating health. But the reality is, and the fact is, you can get healthier without losing any weight. Some bodies, when they focus on healthy habits, some bodies do lose weight and some bodies don't lose weight. It really depends on genetics and a lot of different factors, right? So I love reframing to, oh, that sounds awesome. Have you been working on healthy habits? And then kind of going down that path. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So specifically with moms, I know we've been talking kind of in general, but your area is moms. So can you talk a little bit about how moms specifically can find self-love, self-worth and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. This is what my program is based on. So I love this subject and I'm so passionate about it. So the biggest challenge with moms is we put ourselves last. Hands down, that is the biggest challenge. We put everyone else before us. We do all the things for everyone else all the time and we're exhausted and we put ourselves last. And so I've created a method to really help reverse that subconscious programming and change that mindset. And at a high level, the method is values, goals, boundaries, and tools for success. And underlying all of it is body image. So for a lot of us, the outer layer is body image, because the reality is if you hate your body or strongly dislike, or if you're obsessed with avoiding weight loss, because those are kind of all in the same genre, right? Like maybe you're actually like kind of okay with what, where your body looks now, but like your life obsession is like tracking your eating, tracking your exercise. Like you, you have an obsession with trying not to gain weight. Those are all kind of in the same body negativity family of things then it's going to be really difficult for you to like yourself. Okay, because I used to say, I love myself. I think I'm a good person. I just hate my body. I used to say that. And that's actually not possible. You can't actually love yourself and not like your body because your body takes you through life. Like it is the vehicle that takes you through life. And so if your body image is bad, I always recommend starting there as a mom because if we don't truly like ourselves, the chances of us actually putting ourselves first, it's pretty low. Now, you you don't have to be like on this like enlightened journey of loving yourself. You don't have to be at the end of that journey in order to put yourself first. I don't want you to get worried. If you feel so far away from that, don't get scared. Like you can do this work simultaneously. You can start to implement actions that can put you first while learning to love and like yourself, love yourself, working on body image at the same time. But 
the body thing, I feel like it's not possible to hate, strongly dislike your body and start putting yourself first. I think that's really, really a difficult thing to do. So we have to take that really seriously. So for moms, what it then becomes about is taking the time to get really deliberate about what you value. When I say what you value, meaning like, where do you want to spend your time? What do you actually want in this life? And you get to choose that. And it's different for everybody. And once you've defined those like very specifically, then you move into goal setting. When you write out your values, I require, if you're in my program, I require you to put yourself at the top. And that really freaks people out because that means I'm telling you, you have to put yourself above your children, above your family, like above everything. And that really, really freaks people out. So I require my ladies to put it at the top, put themselves at the top. And that means like their healthy habits, their self-care, you know, time for themselves. You have to put it at the top of the list. And the reason we prioritize our list of values is because then later when we're making decisions on how to spend our time, we get to come back and look at that priority list and we make the choice based on what's higher on the priority list, right? So it's kind of a game changer for just time management, basically. So you have to put yourself on top and then you set goals that align with those values. And then you set boundaries that will allow you to meet the goals and stick to the values. And the boundaries are like so hard, right? So a big thing with working moms is boundaries and saying no and putting yourself first. And so here's what's really cool. I have a free, totally free way you can do this. You can go listen to my podcast, The Working Mom Happiness Method, and you can find it on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, like literally anywhere podcasts are. Just search the working mom happiness method. And I walk you through how to complete this document. It's it's called a best life master plan. And it literally does values, goals, boundaries, and you have some visualization and affirmations in there. But my podcast episodes walk you through it. And the document's free. You can get it on my website. The podcast explains how to do that. My website is Women's Best Life University. And it'll walk you through doing all of that. But you have to take the time to do that. Like you actually have to put yourself first, even just to do that exercise. So you're going to have to like, like in the beginning, it's about being super brave and believing that you are worthy and valuable of taking that time for yourself. And that means a lot of different things. We get really into it in my program and in, in the method, but sometimes it means even like deciding what things that you don't have time to do and asking for help on them in a radical way, like asking for help from a family member to come clean your house or, you know what I mean? Like ways that really might freak us out. Like we actually have to go there. It's hard for us. I don't have kids, but I can imagine that this is so difficult as a mom. I think it's difficult for all women. So so what I say about in the very first episode of my podcast, what I say is this is called the working mom happiness method. But the reality is, number one, all moms do work, whether you are a stay at home mom or, you know, like traditional, like working, like work outside of the house versus stay at home. All moms do work. So when I say working mom, I literally mean like all moms, but 90 plus percent of what's in my podcast is for all women. Like, you know, there's some career development stuff, meaning like if you have like a career you want to work on, that's in there. And there's some mom guilt stuff. So like, if you're not a mom, you, you know, you might not care about that, but 90 plus percent is for all women. And I think all women really are pressured by society to base our value and our worth on what we look like and how we serve all of those around us. Because I know even when I got married before I had kids, I felt pressure, not from my husband. It wasn't like he was controlling or anything like that, but I felt like I had to do my job and figure out healthy meals for us and be cooking and be doing like the cleaning. And he was much better naturally at like not doing those things and taking care of himself. And that builds resentment in your relationship, right? Like, cause then you're like, well, why the hell is he just doing what he wants to do? 
and I'm worried about all this stuff. And then that can kind of cause resentment. So I actually think it's hard for all women. I think it just adds on an extra layer of hardness when you have kids, if that makes sense. For sure. I'll make sure and link your podcast and website so people can find that resource in the show notes. But do you have any other like books or podcasts, resources that you recommend? Yeah, I do. I do. So life changing for me was a book called Health at Every Size by Linda Bacon. And I'm going to warn you, it's a little textbooky. You can just get it on Amazon. It's like 10 bucks on Amazon or whatever. Health at Every Size by Linda Bacon. And it's very science. She quotes a lot of scientific studies, but she basically proves she's a PhD. And she basically proves that you can get healthy without losing a bunch of weight or in some cases losing any weight. So she's all about promoting health. This isn't about ignoring health, but it's saying you can do healthy habits and sometimes your body might not lose weight. And, and the reason that's a game changer, and it was for me, is because when we, when we take the goal away from being what the number on the scale is, we're more likely to stay consistent. Because when the scale doesn't go down, we're more likely to quit, right? If we're basing our progress or our success on the scale. So that's an awesome one, health at every size. There's another one called More Than a Body by Lindsay and Lexi Kite. And they are the owners of Beauty Redefined, which is like a big Instagram account, Beauty Redefined. Definitely follow it. If you don't, it's awesome on body image and all this stuff. More Than a Body. Highly recommend those books. And then podcast is How to Love Your Body. And this is by two women who do the Body Love Society on Instagram. And they're fabulous for this message as well, delinking your value and your worth from your weight and the way that your body looks. So those are some good ones to check out. Awesome. Do you have any other, I don't know, advice, anything you wanted to share? I mean, it's kind of the same message, but I would just leave with telling you that like you are valuable and you are worthy just for being you. Like literally just because you were born. Like if you think about a newborn baby, how cherished a baby is, right? You didn't get less cherished because you grew up and gained weight or because you grew up and weren't performing perfectly at your job or doing all the things for all the people like you're still that human who was that newborn baby and you are valuable and worthy just for being and that's it and that's a really hard thing for us but I just believe that so strongly and the more you can believe that the better your life's going to be yeah for sure that's so good thank you so much for all of this information and resources. I really appreciate you sharing today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. If you can't tell I'm like, love this stuff. I just get so passionate. So thank you for thinking me thinking of Thanks for listening to the self love revolution podcast. Make sure you subscribe and visit self love revolution podcast.com for more resources. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for joining me, Ashley, in this episode of the Self-Love Revolution podcast. I'll see you next time.